isn't it funny how people like you and me, when you finally find something that works, whether it's no sugar or wheatgrass or whatever, when it changes your life, you become an evangelist. <laughs> like, you've got to try this. And of course, until that person has suffered in some way, they're like, why would I do that? Exactly. Hi, and welcome to episode four of Chasing Energy. I'm your host, Daniel Lucas. Today is part two of our interview with Anton Domenchik. In our previous episode, we talked about how Anton started feeling lethargic, how he started getting sick more and more frequently, and how he started doing a deep dive to troubleshoot that. Well, this part of the interview isn't any different. This is more about how he optimizes his health on a day-to-day. I did choose to break this into two parts because it is on the long side, and today's episode is about 40-ish minutes. Some of the things you're going to hear about today is omega-3s, omega-6s, where he gets them, how he puts them into his diet. We cover the macro and micronutrient profiles of his smoothie. It's a doozy of a list. That's part of why I had to break this into a second podcast was his smoothie almost deserves its own podcast. How he kind of learned to crave stevia instead of the flavor of sugar, balancing caffeine as an energy source, and now he likes to have golden milk as an evening treat for anti-inflammatory purposes, as well as the fact that it's very relaxing. I enjoyed re-listening to this interview with Anton. He was very gracious as I was developing my interview skills. This Again, this is more of a conversation than an interview. I just set up an Instagram account so that I could start gathering some of your feedback and also posting content, and that includes cooking videos, which, by the way, don't translate well to a podcast. So, Keep an eye out for that. Would love to see some followers on there. And it would be a great little communication channel for what works about this podcast. Enjoy the episode. So you really have to, our bodies were designed to eat this variety of foods. And mm-hmm. in this variety, we find all the amino acids from different sources. You know, That's right. Our body yeah. can assemble protein, which is a highly complex structure. But when it comes to fats, there's another thing I had to learn. Omega-3 to omega-6 fats. That's right. Average American diet, the ratio. So we're supposed to be, so ideally, you would want to be one to one or one to four proportion when it comes to omega-3 to omega-6. Yes, sir. One omega-3 to one omega-6 or one omega-3 to four omega-6. So really, Mm -hmm. so think about it as one to one. That's the easiest way. Maybe if you kind of get a little bit more of that olive oil in your salad, which is Mm omega-3, highly inflammatory, it's okay. But one-to-one is really where, where we have to be. So average American diet is one to 25. See, I read, I actually read one to 40. In the 40, so, there you go. Yeah. So either way, it's way out of whack. Mm-hmm. And it's because omega-6 is so much easier to put in processed it's foods. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's everywhere. All the fried foods, all the, again, not speaking any, of any sort of brands here, but all, any sort of dip fried, any, any vegetable oil is omega-6 oil. Nuts are omega-6. Olive oil, omega-6. It's everywhere. And it's really hard to find omega-3. And I started that journey of, okay, where do I get my omega-3? You have yeah. to be consuming a whole lot of omega-3 on a daily basis. I had read, and I sort of buy into this, which is that the mitochondria in your stomach, they learn to crave what you eat on a regular basis, mm-hmm. okay? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to argue that's true. It doesn't, it doesn't take a lot of work to crave bad foods. It doesn't take a lot of work at all. Yep, yep, but I what I will tell you is, 
I really became obsessed with several years ago with making sure I got the right amount of omega-3s in my diet because I was, I was training as an ultra athlete. So inflammation was something I had to keep at bay. Mm -hmm. And after doing a lot of research, reading a, a, several books, I follow several podcasts. One of the best healthy, sustainable sources I could come up with was sardines because they are wild. They're they're a small fish. So it, as you know, the larger the fish, the more likely you are to get some type of mercury mm -hmm. yep. because they because they eat more of that. So minimal mercury. And I found these, there's two different brands I get Costco. One is called Wild Planet. Mm -hmm. I can't think of the one other one, but they're in olive oil. And so my omega-3 every day was throwing that can of sardines into my salad of of the of the mixed greens. And the other statistic I'd like to throw out there is when they do studies, everything from, say, telomere length, which is very indicative of your health, and they said you, group A is taking an omega-3 omega supplement and group B is actually eating fish. Same amount of omega-3. What they found was those that ate the fish, by the way, both things are good to take. But when, when you take the fish, there's actually a synergistic effect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this goes back to what we're talking about. When you're eating the actual food that has all these other chemical properties, some of which we understand, many of which we don't. If you, if you think you understand the properties of an apple, I dare you to get online and look at all the chemicals in an apple. It's like 10 pages mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of different things that are inside an apple. And those things work synergistically. Very humbling for me because for, for years when I practiced a, a low-carb diet, realizing that an, eating an apple isn't as simple as saying, okay, there's 15 grams of sugar in here and there's two grams of fiber. Well, that's no good for me. And coming back around years later and going, no, 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 this is an apple and it's not apple juice. It's mm -hmm. an apple. Yeah. And there, there are certain things in there. I mean, obviously moderation is key, but, but that's how nature has it. And it has a whole lot of synergistic effects. And, and going back to your mm -hmm. point on omega-3s, there are so many ways that that you should consume it. I think a supplement should be a backup plan. And there are, I mean, there are varying qualities of, of, of supplements out there for mm -hmm. omega-3s, but the best way to get it is to try to find those whole foods in a regular basis in your diet mm -hmm. to, to get that. And and going back to cognitive health, omega-3s, that's, that's one that's highly associated with cognitive mm -hmm. health. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, practically speaking, it's really hard to find these whole foods and, and it takes a lot of time to make them. And so mm -hmm. I think that's where supplements come into play. It's where you can, it's not about cheating necessarily from, you know, compared to eating whole foods. It's just, yeah. Hey, listen, I got to keep going. And, um, like for example, I, I was for a period of time, I was juicing and wheatgrass, uh, juice. Mm -hmm. Yes. That thing's magical. So it's funny you should say that. I am growing, as we speak, yeah. I'm growing my first huge 10 by 20 tray of wheatgrass. <laughs> yeah. And and I, I do like sunflower sprouts and stuff, but I'm anxious to give it a shot. Yeah. But that's on the list Good of shot. experiments for this week. That's how you do it. You you make a really small amount of the juice. That juice is magical. This yeah. this is probably, and I've got I've got the, all kinds of people now connected to the wheatgrass and I said, try it. Just try it. Just just here's a little bottle. Just just try. It. And then the isn't it isn't it funny how people like you and me, when you finally find something that works, whether it's no sugar or wheatgrass or whatever, it's like you, you when when it changes your life, you become an evangelist. <laughs> <laughs> like you've got to try this. And of course, 
until that person has suffered in some way, they're like, why would I do that? Exactly. And, and I would guess that I had started laying the groundwork there to say, I, I learned to crave sardines every day in my salad. Like if I didn't have sardines for two days, I would be like, man, I have got to get some sardines. And I would guess it's the same way with you, wheatgrass. If you go a few weeks without any, you're like, man, I need a shot of that wheatgrass. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, in fact, so speaking about craving here for a second. So if you're craving, if you're listening to this podcast and you're, you're, you're saying, listen, I don't have so much discipline. I know you guys are talking about some wonderful, great things, but oh, my, my goodness, I can't do it. I don't have time and, and I don't have that uh, willpower. Well, let me tell you this. Eating a lot of fats makes you crave no sugar whatsoever. You start craving for fat. And so speaking about the, what you just mentioned, it is magical. Mm -hmm. I eat, so it's been probably about, let's see, four years, three, four years at least that I've been on basically no sugar uh, kind of diet, which I was a, I mean, sugar addict before. I kind of had to. It wasn't yeah. because I enjoyed it, but I had to draw my energy from somewhere. Can now, you, can you tell me what your main sources for sugar were? Oh, again, speaking about brands, I don't know if, uh, if you can get any sort of marketing dollars behind that, <laughs> those from those brands. But uh, oh, right ahead. I would have a, a, a box of uh, soda uh, can drinks in my, in the mm -hmm. of my car. And mm -hmm. so it would take me about three of those per day. And I would, okay. for example, before a meeting, I had to function. I had to be able to speak, interact, remember things. And so I get my uh, Sprite, you know, that was a, a drink of my choice. I drink Sprite for about 45 minutes. I am golden. I'm unstoppable. I can function. Yeah. No, yeah. 45 minutes. And that was the problem. And then how many uh, consequences and side effects do you get out of the sugar as a result? But, but I figured out that 45 minutes. So I thought, my goodness, how do I, and it was a very kind of ignorant approach, but when I just yeah. myself on, by the way, 40, 46% of all sugar consumed in the U S is through a sugary drink. Yep. Makes so yeah. makes hundred percent sense. Uh, sugar is everywhere. I, I know that it's the, cheap. The it's cheap. I mean, I feel so sorry. Uh, for people who are on the poverty line and trying to eat healthy, because yep. when I go to the store, I can see why they just fill their carts with little Debbie's and junk food and yep. other things like that, where you're saying, look, you know, the, the, the salads and the stuff like that, it's, it's a little more expensive. It's an investment. Proteins are I mean, expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Carbs are cheap. And that's what everybody's eating. Yeah. Carbs are so cheap. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they're shelf stable. Yep. That's the other thing. When you're talking about when we're, all these whole foods we're talking about, most of them are not shelf stable. You you buy them, you got to use them. Yep. I mean, they're not they're not meant to last forever. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I was on the journey. How do I stretch that 45 minutes into yeah. two hours? And so it really, like, if you're looking for the same solution, if you drink coffee in the morning, if you uh, if you do sugar, because you kind of have to pick yourself up. Let me tell you this: fats are long term energy. They're mm -hmm. wonderful. They're amazing. I mean, I remember days when I could sit in front of a book when I was in school uh, or I would sit in front of a computer and work for hours and, and, and just hours would pass by and I would be focused. I would be in the flow. Uh, and I was thinking, how do I get back? How do I get into it? Mm -hmm. So fats basically is how you get back into it. So our brain functions on ketones actually a lot better than on glucose. Mm -hmm. And there's this common misconception out there that we have to be eating sugar for our brain because somehow brain consumes what? 60 to 70% of our energy, body energy, and somehow glucose is, uh, you know, that's why they give kids because their mm -hmm. brains are growing, because they have to be learning. Well, again, that, that is a... Uh, so let me, let me add a few things there. Number one is when your insulin is high, okay, your body is big on using that insulin for energy. 
and it becomes the preferred source. And so when you are someone who has a lot of sugars in your diet, you become reliant on that. And what it does not do is use fat for storage. And fat for storage is obviously a much more sustainable source. It's a much more healthy source. And there's not an all or none. I mean, there's, there's a range there, of course. Mm-hmm. But one study where they studied judges, like 12 judges in a court. Mm-hmm. And what they found was, this isn't several Malcolm Gladwell's books. By the way. So as, what they found was, the earlier your case was in the day, the less likely you were to be sentenced. And that the later it was in the day, you were much more likely to get life for prison. So the whole thing was, get your case as early as you possibly can. What they found was that those judges, when their blood sugar would start to lower, they would make, basically, they would get a little more grumpy and make more rash decisions, okay? So their solution was adding more juices and stuff to the, you know, every 30 or 40 minutes. And that that's how it ends, by the way. And then I look at that and go, don't you understand that this is part of the problem? We're yep. just sort of saying, oh, okay, so when your energy gets low, recharge with some juice, recharge with some type mm-hmm. of glucose to get your brain back. And that's why it gets associated a, a lot of times with, oh, if your brain is foggy, you have, you need more glucose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I think you're onto something really big here, Daniel. And I think it goes beyond uh, health and food and sugars. I think humanity, we're just, our nature is to go for quick fixes. We're always looking for a technique. How do I get myself out of, our, out of this particular situation? We're not sometimes looking for fundamentals. We're not mm-hmm. going back and saying, okay, what is the original cause of the problem? Yeah, one, one could argue that this is the, the sort of, this, the two parts of the brain, the elephant and the rider battling for superiority and one is our amygdala which is considered to be our primitive fight or flight brain and then you have like the neocortex and the executive functions which is like your long-term planning and we get caught in this what do i just need to do to get through the debt to have this we haven't gotten past that okay and there is the other part of your brain that's saying what does anton need to do to be 60 healthy and have accomplished a great deal of things in his life those are two completely separate decisions, okay? And the consequences aren't always obvious for just saying, what does Anton need to do to get to this meeting? What do I need to do to, to get through the next 45 minutes of decisions that I have to make? And those, those consequences are obvious. The consequences of long-term health are not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it kind of goes back to this uh, test with kids, right? <laughs> Where they said, do you want a, a, a marshmallow that is small, but you can get it right now? Or mm-hmm. you, want, you want to get a big marshmallow, but it'll be tomorrow. And so... Yeah. Um, Delayed gratification. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think we all have to be looking for, for, for solutions. We, we, I, have, we, I have independently uh, ran that study with all three of my children. <laughs> with varying results. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the next is that the kids that 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 prefer a bigger marshmallow tomorrow, they're more successful. They're going for bigger yeah. things in life, and so it's kind of like a way to go. And mm-hmm. that that's just a reminder that we're all as adults we have to be uh, doing this. But yeah, uh, yeah, I think understanding the problem number one, uh, and then figuring out the solution, long term sustainable solution, is is just the way to go. And your problem could be something different from mine or Daniel's, but but you got to figure it out. So we've talked about, you know, what the symptoms were like, some of the things you've turned around. I want you to tell me a little bit about today, what is your diet like? And, and 
don't, you don't, you don't have to over, I mean, you can tell me what your weaknesses are, but I, I certainly have mine, but what do you do to stay in that sort of zone where you're still achieving the energy level, but you don't feel overly taxed from a willpower perspective? How do you balance that out? How do you, how does Anton keep himself in check? Well, so my, my morning smoothie really, I mean, I know it's a, such a classical uh, answer, but when we say smoothie, we're not saying anything. Let's just kind of keep that in mind. So it's like saying, soup. Yeah. what's in the soup? Is that just water and some carrots, you know, or is it some, some meat, okay. you know, some green. So you're, you're touching on one of my peeves here, which is there are plenty of chains that offer smoothies and people say, because it's a smoothie, yep. it is healthy. Look at the grams of sugar in most of these exactly. things. And, and it's just, it's basically, especially when you're getting your sugar in a liquid form, the body doesn't have to work to break it down at all. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, it just takes it straight in. So go tell me about your morning smoothie. What's it? So I kind of break it down into three, three parts. It would be my macronutrients, my micronutrients mm -hmm. and my energy. Um, and so for, for macronutrients, I would start with some sort of protein, which I kind of alternate between, you have to be alternated between proteins, by the way, because that's, that's when you get the most variety of acids. And so your body's healthy with variety. Um, so I alternate between like a hemp protein, uh, between I, I add this, uh, supplement it's, it's, uh, plant-based. I think it's got some rice protein. It's got some pea protein. I think pea protein is number one because that's a complete okay. protein and many other things uh, out there. Uh, it's like a whole basically, uh, complex of protein. Do you remember the brand? I'm sorry. Do you remember the brand name of that brand? I don't, they, they sell a whole bunch of them out mm -hmm. there. Just, just pick the one that, that you, you can digest. <laughs> I guess that's so, so, but in this particular case, what you're saying is this particular one is plant-based, but it's a variety of proteins that are going to give you yeah. kind of like going back to the colors, right? Of the vegetables. Yeah, exactly. You want to have this variety. Okay. Exactly. So go ahead. You have a, I guess a scoop of this protein. Yep. So it's a plant-based protein, part one, a hemp protein, hemp seeds. Uh, I put hemp seeds, two, hemp heart, uh, tablespoons of hemp seeds in there. In there. Uh, that's complete protein. Hemp seeds has, uh, it's a complete mm -hmm. protein and it has just, I mean, it's, it's wonderful. It has three sixes and nines, if I'm not mistaken. It has all yep. three. Of the omegas, yeah. yeah, when it comes to omega threes, yes, it's got it's it's the balanced food that already has that one to four proportion, exactly one to four. And then I add a little bit of a whey protein every once in a while. Again, you have mm -hmm. to kind of go by uh, go by what you can digest. Mm -hmm. I know some people have issues with whey protein, some people have issues with uh, pea protein, things like that. So you kind of have to figure yourself out. Number two, I go for all kinds of uh, micronutrients in there. So I would add, let's see, and I'm, I probably should have like a list here, but I add all kinds of algae. I add chlorella. I add spirulina. Uh, you do that uh, one? sometimes. Yes. Yes. I have a whole big container of it. I add zinc. Let's see. I'm just wow. Good by memory. A B complex. I, that's very important now for you. Uh, so you, but you put that in your smoothie. You don't take it as a supplement. Uh, I, I put it all in my smoothie. So that's, okay. that's my way of kind of simplified way of taking in all kinds of uh, nutrients that are really good for you. I would, uh, I would add like L tyrosine. That's another amino acid that I'm realizing. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, low on. And so uh, again, just go by what you, you know, and then I go to my energy uh, part. So, and again, this is uh, not a complete list. If, if you want me to, I can, mm -hmm. I had like a Maka, Makuna, Shilajit, some of these kind of things, uh, some of the like ancient, uh, Inca and yeah, uh, Aztec kind of foods, Chia, yeah. these are wonderful. Again, it's omega-3. And Maka, especially when it's fresh, it has kind of that almost like an almond, like a ground almond nutty it, flavor to it. It has a, like a, like a graham cracker kind of. Yeah, graham cracker. Yeah. And then I go into my energy uh, part of the mm -hmm. movie. So this is where I say, okay, how do I gain my, get my energy out of it? Now that I've mm -hmm. nourished myself enough, which that's part of energy, uh, that's part of you, your body functioning well. Now I go into, into energies. So I got to be, I got to add, let's see, uh, wheatgrass. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a nourishing energy. So 
People who take wheatgrass on a regular basis, they can probably agree with me that it feels like you're drinking coffee. It's that okay. kind of energy, but it doesn't have that after effect where you get jittery. Like, for example, yeah. my hands start shaking when I mm -hmm. uh, drink a lot of coffee. Oh, can, I, can I just tell you that I'm a little jealous that you get jittery from coffee because I can have a cup and yeah. I don't remember the last time I had the jitters. Now, I, I, I only have one or two cups a day, but yep. I can't remember the last time I had jitters, but I'm a little jealous <laughs> on that. So you, you got... No. So the energy factor here is you got maca, a very sustainable. You have wheatgrass. Yep. You got wheatgrass, which is nourishing energy. It will not drink. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a wonderful mm -hmm. energy. I've got can I, can, the wheatgrass. Is that a powdered one or are you actually putting in So like, fresh? I used to be do, doing the juice uh, every morning and it, mm -hmm. it got pretty old pretty quick. It's a yeah. very consuming. I mean, you're grown. It is. You're going though. You're, you're integrated vertically all the way. <laughs> yeah. And, and to be clear, I've been growing sprouts for a couple of years, mm -hmm. the, but the microgreens, which is actually in a tray, that's actually a little bit more homework. I mean, you have to yeah. sit there and, and sort of, it is a garden. I mean, you are growing a garden. Yeah. So I'm trying to be an example to my children and be like, look, daddy, you know, I, I sit here and grow these microgreens because I want the best for you guys. Mm -hmm. But there is definitely a part of me, Anton, that is like, I just want to grab the, the amazing grass powder and throw it in here. Yeah. But, but it, it's really amazing what you, what you do. Uh, sprouted greens, I mean, it's, they are the highest nutrient food you could ever eat. So it's, it's that, that is correct. Yep. I used to, I don't think, I don't think there's much argument that sprouts are of any sort are ounce for ounce. They are like the power superfoods. Mm -hmm. They have like, so, sometimes they have 10 times more nutrients or something crazy like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, but yeah, so I would, uh, so wheatgrass is again, I used to be uh, juicing it. I would uh, buy it in, uh, in the store, uh, mm -hmm. in a big batch. Uh, it's fairly inexpensive actually. And you, you, we bought this like manual juice maker. So every morning you would make the uh, motions <laughs> of uh, making that juice. So you sit, you saying it's inexpensive to buy the wheatgrass live. Cause generally my experience has been, if they have to cut it for you, it's way overpriced. If you grow it on your own, it's very cheap. It's probably cheaper, uh, but it's not real expensive. You, for about $15, $18, you can, you can get a batch that's going to last you for, you probably get, for, I don't know, 12 servings. So it's a dollar. Okay. That's good to know. For that's serving. Good to know. It really depends mm -hmm. on how much you consume. About. But, so I used to be making that juice and it was just messy, took a lot of time. And I got to the point where, okay, what's the solution here again? I yeah. want to uh, keep consuming it on a daily basis, but I don't want to be making those juices. So I went for, for powder form mm -hmm. and there's a public form. There's a, a website, it's called Vitacost, which is, I'm not plugging it in by any means, but it's, it's a great, I'm familiar with it. Yeah. It's a great place, very inexpensive uh, food. You will save a lot if you could go and even compare it to whole foods. I mean, big time saving. I buy uh, a powder form. It's, it's a wheatgrass juice powder. So it okay. dried out. So they juice it. So they, they take out the fibers, which you don't want to consume that fiber because fiber is great, but wheatgrass, I mean, it's a thick fiber. It's a. It's a, you know, that has been the, the common theme here. I've wondered, like I've read several people talking about wheatgrass and they're like, if you eat it straight, you got to chew it and spit it out. And if you make it in a smoothie, make sure you pour it through a filter before you drink it. So there's, there's it seems pretty, pretty common knowledge as far as the wheatgrass community. You don't want to eat this stuff. Yes. Whole. Yes. But I, I guess I'm saying because people will say, well, fiber is good for you. Why, why don't you eat fiber? That, you don't want to eat that fiber. That's a that's a pretty thick fiber right there. But uh, so the, anyway, they, what they make, the way they make that the juice, the powder is they juice it first and then they dry out that juice. So you, it's very concentrated. Uh, you mm -hmm. don't need uh, a lot of it. Uh, and it's roughly about, I would say maybe 60 to 70% of the original. So original is the best. There's no mm -hmm. argument there. If I can uh, go in a, in a store and, and get my 
wheat grass shot with some cayenne in it and things like that. That's, that's, that's the best. That's amazing. Uh, but if you're in the morning and you got to be running, you got to be going, you got to yeah. uh, you know, set yourself up for a high energy mm -hmm. day. Well, powder is, is great. It's about 60 to 70% of original capacity of, of that juice, but um, it's great. I mean, just add a little more to it and you're, it's just, I figured out it's uh, energy wise, just as good. And then this, the last part of my energy part of the smoothie would be fats, um, any sort of oil. I use a lot of MCT. It, it, it is technically an omega-6 oil, but it's not an inflammatory. Uh, it's one of, I think the two, uh, two, I forgot which one is the the other one, but they say that there's only two omega-6s that are not inflammatory. Um, so coconut oil, MCT, which is basically roughly the same thing. Uh, yeah, they're very, so, so that's very, very popular with ketogenic athletes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So that's about it. I mean, just add something to your smoothie that you will enjoy, you appreciate. I have stevia instead of any sort of honey, sugar. Uh, I'm addicted mm -hmm. to stevia now. And I sense, I sense sugar right away. It has this very unpleasant taste to me. After the years of being just, give me sugar, give me sugar, you know? So stevia, I love stevia. You kind of have to get used to it a little bit. There are some brands that are, that don't have that uh, stevia, very kind of vivid aftertaste to it. Uh, yeah, there's. A, I, I have looked into this before because I tried to source some stevia about five or six years ago, and yeah. it it is amazing. It, there's there's so many different strands, and then the aftertaste. And mm -hmm. I, I I myself am have been on a, a sugar substitute, uh, a lot of experimentation. If I use some sugar, I, I, I'll try to do something like a coconut sugar or maybe a brown sugar. But the key mm -hmm. is just just use the absolute minimum amount mm -hmm. because exactly. Like you, I can taste it when, when something is, I'll give you an example. If I were to go to a grocery store and someone had handed me a chocolate chip cookie, it would taste so bad to me because all I taste is the <laughs> sweetness. There's yeah. nothing else there except for sweetness and some type of refined oil. If I make, if I make cookies, you know, I try to use an oat flour, for example, I might put, a, here's an example of a sugar I might use at the house to sweeten a dessert is I'll use a little molasses mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean you're off the hook. By the way, molasses <laughs> has a lot of vitamins and minerals in it. Yep. But if you've I'm, ever tasted real molasses, and I mean like unfiltered, it's so strong <laughs> that just yep. a little bit of it will flavor a long way. Yep. So anyways, I'm digressing here. But to, to recap your smoothie, you've got the rice and, and pea, hemp protein. You've got the, the micronutrients, chlorella, zinc, B-complex, L-tyrosine. You've got maca. You've got wheat juice extract. And for fats, you commonly use MCT oil. Mm -hmm. I would add more things to it. I'm just kind of scratching the surface here. Uh, I would uh, add makuna, shilajit, uh, selenium. Uh, I think you mentioned zinc, especially zinc right now with the whole COVID situation. So we're all yeah. going to be taking that's, that's a great point. Even during any flu season, though, mm -hmm. zinc is mm -hmm. a good idea. We're all deficient in magnesium and zinc. Every single That's thing. right. Um, so you, you got to be taking uh, magnesium and zinc. Or figure and, out and magnesium has definitely gotten suppressed these days over it, the fact, it, it kind of like vitamin D, where most mm -hmm. people just don't get enough of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Exactly. When it comes to protein, I add uh, hemp protein. So that's that mm -hmm. the thing I think you're, you're missing. On the list. Uh, and whey protein. Whey, whey protein is actually pretty good protein. If you uh, balance it out with some sort of a plant-based protein, it's, it's one of so. Yeah. So when, when it comes to whey protein for me, I, I ask myself, do I need the protein at this moment or do I want it to sort of sustain me mm -hmm. longer? And whey protein is the fastest digested by your body. Mm -hmm. For example, when I was running a lot of ultras and I finished mm -hmm. a race, your body is in complete catabolic mode. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's, you've been running for five or six hours. I would have some whey in, in those shakes after, if, if I had the appetite. And that was sort of my thing. I would actually put a scoop of amazing grass with a scoop of whey and, 
and I would drink it right after the race. Mm-hmm. It tasted horrible at the time <laughs> because it was just in water. It was plain. But I always knew that my body tomorrow would thank me because that hour after your event is your window to say, I've got to take care of myself right now because the body's been using all its internal resources. Yeah. I would even say if you, especially if you exercise, which I think everybody should, if you exercise and if you do any sort of moderate exercises, you lift weights, you do uh, lots of cardio, not consuming enough protein is the worst thing you can do. So you may, you may think that weight is not the most optimized, the most, a little acidic kind of protein, mm-hmm. which I agree with you. But at the same time, I, I figured out and I'm pretty confident right now that consuming less than needed amount of protein per day is way, le- way worse than, than, than going for right type of protein, but not consuming enough. Mm-hmm. So. You, you want to make sure your body can regenerate itself, uh, that it has all the amino acids that it needs to build your own protein. Because otherwise, your cells are aging. You have oxidative stress, uh, you're aging, and you, your muscle tissue is not regenerated. So your exercises struggle. You know, you're not exercising as well as you should. You don't have energy the next day, and you're just mm-hmm. broken into pieces. Exercise should not be doing this to you. It should be. Yeah, and, and you know, if... if- People are, are that concerned with a little bit of the acidity of whey. They can offset that with some type of alkaline, like a green, mm-hmm. a green aspect. Like algae. All right. Omega-3, yeah. So what we've got now is you've talked about, that's your morning smoothie. Can you tell me a little bit about what you might have for lunch or dinner on a typical day? I would eat vegetables. Uh, we buy a lot of frozen vegetables, like a, a big collection of it's broccoli and cauliflower and uh, my yellows and oranges. I'm still, still doing that, uh, that thing that that, mm-hmm. that lady wasn't even a doctor <laughs> suggested to me, uh, but she was, she was right. Uh, I eat lots of vegetables. Um, I eat meat every once in a while, uh, red meat. I know uh, that uh, a cancer uh, thing. If you have read the uh, China study, there's a, there's a big correlation between consuming red meat and cancer. So if you do, uh, that's, that's great. That's fine. But I think we could all use a little bit of a kind of balancing with some uh, plant-based uh, foods. Yeah. I, I think that that's probably the theme I'm going to go with here because I, and I'm, I am very familiar with the China study as well mm-hmm. as some of the, some, some of the studies that conflict it or encourage it. And the one, the one thing that they have come back with, whether you're vegetarian or carnivore, omnivore, whatever is sugar. Sugar is the one thing that they've come back and said, if you want to shorten your lifespan, mm-hmm. have, have excess sugar. Yep. So I think the key here is, you know, moderation. Yeah. Like you're saying. Exactly. Okay. So veggies is, is a big part of your lunch. I'm going to assume with the veggies, you have healthy, healthy fats, but. Uh, yes. Oh yeah. yeah. I'll put MCT, I'll put coconut oil, I'll put omega threes. I, I, I try to consume omega threes in the morning as much as possible. So I would do like. <laughs> Algae based on DHA supplements. So in addition to all the omega-3 that I'm eating every, every morning. So yeah, veggies, maybe some chicken for lunch, um, some protein. I'm counting my proteins. I don't count my calories. I know some people do. If you exercise, you probably want to do that. But I don't count my calories, but I do count my proteins. So I got to be mm-hmm. eating about 65 grams of proteins by my weight per day. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm realizing that if I eat 20 per meal, I feel great. And so that's where I, I'm, I'm trying to kind of scrap Yeah. Work. And I, I like how you're doing that because it's not hard for most people to get enough protein because they don't eat enough veggies. But when you're eating enough veggies, it's actually much harder to get the right yeah, enough exactly. protein because you're so full. Yeah. And whether you're getting that protein from beans or any other source, I'm just simply stating when you're having these big salads, mm-hmm. it's not like you're hungry an hour later and versus versus someone who might be just getting going to the deli and getting a big 
sandwich. There's plenty of protein in that, but there's not all the other micro and macros that you're mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Especially if you go with a keto diet, it's a little confusing. It's a little fooling because when you eat a lot of fats, you're full, like you're saying, and you, you end up not eating enough protein. You start craving, you start developing these anxieties, which I, at some point in my life I did, started developing mm-hmm. anxieties and I couldn't figure out what's the source. Again, I had to figure that part out and not enough protein was, was the source of it. So okay. if you are on a keto diet and you eat a lot of fats, make sure you eat enough protein. Very okay. Important. Very important. Okay. So we have your lunch here. Now, do you want to say a little bit about dinner? And if you do have any type of sort of treat whether what what how do you treat yourself on a typical day like if you've been exercising and wh- what part of the day do you most crave a treat you know what's interesting I, I don't even know what what my treat is my morning smoothie really is my treat i mean i love it i enjoy it it's mm-hmm. tasty which i think see that's where i think it's very important i'm i'm realizing that in order to live sustainable healthy life you got to appreciate every single meal out there and it has to be like a celebration and if it's not tasty it's like you will be going for that oh well let me get off the rails here for just one minute. And let me get uh, my, whatever in my old life I used to be consuming. My morning smoothie, really, I mean, it's tasty. Like if you try it, you'd be like, I, every time we have somebody visiting us and I say, do you want my protein smoothie? They go, protein smoothie, I'm okay. I'm like, I'm going to make one for you anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when they drink it and they're like, whoa, that's, that's really good. You can make it taste like chocolate. You know, you can add some cacao to it. Uh, mm-hmm. Be careful with cacao, it's acid. So again, kind of, if you have something what I used to have, you want to be care- careful with ginger cacao, which by the way, ginger is, is a really tasty thing and it bites a lot of uh, things in your gut. And so, yeah, actually, uh, it's funny you should say that. If I ever find a point in my life where I'm having a little bit of a stomach acid, a ginger tablets are what I take. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's, and I take it first thing in the morning and it's generally the only supplement that I, that I take most of the year. Mm-hmm. where regardless of what's going on, I'll take a ginger tap. And then I, if I want tea in the afternoon, I generally crave a ginger lemon tea. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting. I'm just thinking about you being, uh, you know, this, this coffee guy, right? Yeah, <laughs> I educated am. and you, you educate all of, all of us. I remember I was on the call with you where yeah, you talked yeah. about coffee and how to grow it and things like that. So if, uh, if you add coffee to a smoothie like what I was mentioning, that mm-hmm. coffee stays in your intestines for much longer. It does, it's not being absorbed mm-hmm. as rapidly. You don't mm-hmm. get that extreme rush immediately as, as coffee. But the thing is that it will last you all day. So I add matcha. Sometimes I add even coffee uh, to it, uh, like ground coffee, uh, just really broken beans. And, and, and it's good for your intestines, actually. It activates your mm-hmm. liver. Uh, coffee actually has a lot of uh, benefits uh, to you. It, it sure does, yeah. Yeah, it has, it has a lot of antioxidants. And uh, going back to the blue zones, it, they find that... Uh, one to two cups of coffee per day is associated with a longer lifespan. Now, some of that, I think, well, if someone's having one or two cups of coffee a day, they're probably socializing and socializing can play a, a big part in your mm-hmm. sort of happiness with life. So there's probably other factors there, but yeah, yeah, c- coffee is the most studied in- mm-hmm. uh, food of all time. Mm-hmm. Like there's more studies on coffee and it keeps coming back to the fact that, I mean, you don't have to have it, but it's, if you have one or two cups a day, it's, it's not poisonous either. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't mean to stand up for coffee because I tell people who are, you know, I'm, I'm 43. And when someone says, I've never had coffee, I go, well, don't start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is great. It's great. I, I have a lot of friends that drink coffee on a daily basis and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. You just have, you just want to make sure that coffee is not your main source of energy because it drains you. Absolutely. Yeah. It comes, 
it, and so that going back to balancing our energy, Anton, I know that if there's two things, if I have more than a second cup, there's got to be a consequence somewhere. <laughs> and then the second part is, you know, what, what can I have to where my energy is stable all day? Mm -hmm. So I, 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 I'm like you, I'm very methodical. And I look at my energy level throughout the day because, um, when it comes to even with good foods, for example, I used to think you can't have enough good food. And that, that turned out to not to be true because I would eat these massive salads. My belly would be so full because I, I, I thought, well, there's only, you know, so many calories in here, but eating seven or eight cups of spinach in your salad, it, it was like my body would have to work so hard to break it down while I was at the office. And I was like, you know what? I really don't need that much greens and I don't need that, you know, just maybe do three or four cups. So even with the good things, I would I learned you could take even the good things a little too far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting you mentioned salads, just, just maybe a little tip for, for somebody out there. If you're saying, oh, salads, oh my goodness, I got to be eating those salads. Here's, here's a little trick, how to eat a lot of salad. And, and again, you got to enjoy it. I ate a lot of cheese in my salad, uh -huh. like a sheep milk, uh, <laughs> not very inflammatory uh, dairy product, like a goat or, or sheep milk and buy the most expensive, the most fancy uh, dressing your salad oh see i will argue learn to make really good there things. you go there you go that's him and and i i've actually done some videos on on this but i think making your own dressing is the most underrated part of mm -hmm. having a great salad if you can't if you can't make a good dressing you're already missing out on the best part of <laughs> salads um, exactly. And, exactly i love that so with with, with some cheese which Hopefully that's uh, you know, you're okay with cheese and all. Uh, I know some people are a little stricter, some are not. No, I especially love, I think probably one of the most underrated ways to add flavor with the minimal number of calories is, uh, something like gra freshly grated Parmesan. I mean, mm -hmm. it takes, it takes such a small amount of that Parmesan cheese to completely flavor your mm -hmm. whole salad mm -hmm. and add that umami yeah. uh, flavoring to it. Yeah. And, and also spicy foods. Like there, I used to not be able to eat spicy foods. Uh, now I mm -hmm. love it. And, and what I think is not spicy to my wife, she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, yeah. Hurts. And I'm thinking this, this is, which well, plus you, you even mentioned that you had cayenne with your wheatgrass. So yeah. clearly you have some sort of, you've, you've developed some love for the spice. Yeah. yeah. And, and you can actually, your, my intestines got to the point where I could, I could do it. So if you're sensitive to it, don't do it. Uh, but when you take, say, for example, drink a turmeric, oh, here's, here's a treat, a uh, treat that you were asking about <clears throat> a, a turmeric tea uh, in the evening or turmeric milk. So if you make mm -hmm. like, say, a nut golden milk, golden, golden milk. milk, there yeah. you go. If you make a nut milk, you add some turmeric to it. You let it kind of sit all together, make it a little warm. So you'll all kind of fuse all together and, and add some, uh, black pepper to it, yeah. black pepper and turmeric, black pepper increases the, um, absorption bioavailability yeah. by like 50 some times. It's crazy. Yeah. And it, so, so. The, the two ing key ingredients in that golden milk is number one, you have to have a little bit of uh, black pepper, but the other one is you actually have to have fat in the mm. golden milk because fat helps the absorption of turmeric as well. Turmeric, it, it's, it's interesting how people will buy raw turmeric and then eat a spoonful of it. And I'm like, it's just going through your stomach. And number one, it's the most accurate, I mean, powerful tasting. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got, we've got our, our turmeric tea and we talked about your lunch and veggies and I know it's about time for us to wrap up, but I wanted to ask you, what was your, what it, can you give us a couple of staples for dinner real quick? Real, really dinner is a lot more unstructured for me. I would do any sort of like a cheap little stevia based dessert for myself. Uh, I can eat some chocolates and let's see any sort of things that I haven't eaten throughout the day. I don't know. Really 
supper is really just kind of something really unstructured for me. So try to eat healthy and try to kind of stick with what I'm doing as far as proteins, uh, fats and all. You don't want to consume a lot of fats in the evening and a lot of carbs actually in the evening because carbs are mm -hmm. just, carbs in the evening is just not, I, I feel so sluggish the next day and so tired when I wake mm -hmm. up. And fats, it, the, the breaking down of fats by your liver is a pretty lengthy process. So don't eat fats and go to sleep. It's just, you're not, you're not helping yourself much. Yeah. There's a lot of good science out there that says, do not have any calories two to three hours before you fall asleep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes perfect sense. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's the, that, that delay, you're going to get much more autophagy, which is the, where the cells heal themselves. You're going to get a lot more benefits of autophagy if you lengthen the amount of time. Mm -hmm. Number one, between when you're eating and when you go to sleep, but also just the amount of time between your longest break between meals. Mm -hmm. So Anton, you have given us so much information today uh, of how people can uh, manage their energy and how, how you learned how to turn your energy around and take control of it. Is there anything else you'd like to tell our listeners? I would just say maybe last advice that I would, I would say, uh, don't go for extremes. If you're an extremely healthy and you're just making your strides, I mean, you're, you're, you're putting all your efforts into it. You're going to get tired of it and you're going to go back to exactly where you used to be. So yeah. don't do that. Uh, try to Yeah. So this thing, I, I love that piece of advice. So the, the, the question I get all the time is uh, which diet is the best? And the answer I think is pretty popular, which is uh, the one you'll stick with. There you go. For, for the long term. So go back. You got these extreme, don't go to extremes. What else? I mean, that's about it. Like listen to yourself. Uh, your body will tell you uh, things. If you're craving sugar, uh, don't think, oh my goodness, what's wrong with me? Uh, how come everybody's eating healthy and I'm craving sugar? And just realize that this is your body's signal. Very, our bodies are very smart biological machines. And it's basically signaling saying, hey man, I need energy. Feed me. Uh, and we eat a lot of high calorie foods that don't have a lot of nutrients. And then your body goes again in two hours after eating a... 1500 calorie meal is going, I'm hungry. And that's yeah. how you gain weight. So try to go for something that's, that that's healthy. Uh, try to go for something that not necessarily high energy, low uh, nutrients, try to go, try to go for something that's high nutrients, low calories or lower calories. You don't, again, depending where you are, I'm trying to gain weight. <laughs> mm -hmm. There's a lot of people out there who try to lose weight. So that's why not every advice is feasible, um, but uh, try to uh, try to do something that, that you stick with. Uh, mm -hmm. I think consistency. Uh, I think habits are just, I mean, so they're so underrated. We are uh, our habits. <laughs> yeah. Are. So if we develop healthy habits, uh, even just a tiny bit, I mean, it's just one little tiny step towards something. I mean, that's a, that's you're on 10 years later, you will be good. You will be healthy. And if you're just a, just a tiny bit unhealthy, well, just, just give it time. And again, it's going to show itself. So I wish to all of you guys that you'll be healthy. You'll be happy. And those two go together, which I've learned in my life. You'll have energy and you will listen to Daniel's podcast. Ah, thanks. Anton. Wow. I appreciate you. Well, thank you for your time today, Anton. It's been such a blessing and you, you've got a lot to offer to our listeners and I'm, I'm grateful for you. Yeah. Well, definitely. Definitely. Daniel, anytime, anytime. Congratulations on making it through this very detail-oriented podcast, and I hope you'll take this time to subscribe to the Instagram channel that I've just created. It's a great tool for feedback. Coming up on the next episode, it's a big one, Doug Evans. Now, Doug Evans just went on Ben Greenfield this week, so I'm kind of proud of the fact that I actually have 
a guest that was on one of the biggest podcasts in the nation. And it's a, a very powerful message from someone who is a health evangelist. I read his book and I look forward to sharing that message with you in about a week. But thanks again for tuning in. This is Daniel Lucas, and I am encouraging you to take control of your energy so that you can fuel a life worth living.